who will survive? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Fountas, and we're continuing our guest series today. We have with us Eric, but not Eric Sanchez. Eric from Doing the Favor. We will do introductions and all that stuff in a second. This week, we're going to be talking about collecting and how we're all crazy people on the rules and wrestling collecting, and I'm sure a lot more. So I'm looking forward to be a lot of fun. If this is your first time checking us out, maybe you're a fan of doing the favor and want to check us out, appreciate that. You can find out all of our past shows for free in your favorite podcast app. Just search Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. It'll be there for you. Hit subscribe. And you can follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, PPW underscore podcast. You want to support the show, just share with a friend or head to everyone's new favorite t-shirt site, apparently, whatamaneuver.net. Pick up a shirt. We got a couple on there. All right. So we're going to get right into it. Eric is on the line. Eric, how's it going? It's doing well, man. I appreciate you having me on. I'm really excited to do this show. Yeah, it'll be fun. Like I mentioned, uh, other other Eric, main Eric, he's, he's still dealing with stuff, taking care of family stuff, obviously, and that's important. Uh, I talked to him today. He's also just started a new job, so it's getting kind of crazy for him over there, and obviously he's got a lot on his plate, so he said he thinks next week he'll be able to jump back on, and he really misses it, and he misses ever talking to everybody, so hopefully he'll be back soon. I mentioned Eric's show, Eric Brown's show. You can follow his show, Doing the Favor, at Doing the Favor, and they're on all your favorite podcast apps as well. Him and Barry do a show talking wrestling, talking merchandise and sports and all this other stuff. So this will kind of tie in, uh, I guess, nicely to what you guys sometimes chat about with the merch stuff and our obsession with collecting. And the reason I asked you today is you were posting some stuff for sale and I was like, you selling stuff? Are you out of the game? And you're like, nope, just got duplicates and, and run out of space. So what's this is? we don't want to start with the broad question of why we collect. But what would you say, when did you start being a collector? Like, I'm going to keep stuff in box. I'm going to do this. When did that transition for you? That happened really early on for me. Really? Okay. Uh, when I was a kid, to be honest. Wow. Yeah. I was really into sports cards mm-hmm. and starting lineups as a young kid. And I was already taking my starting lineups. First, as I was younger, I was taking them out. And then as I got older, as I mean older, like 10, 11 years old, mm-hmm. I was keeping them in the package and things like that. And baseball cards, I was sleeving up at a young age. Uh, but the, t- the toy thing didn't come on until later on. Okay. That was probably in my 30s, actually. Yeah. So that was something I was always something I kept an eye on as I got older, like in high school, like the Attitude Era, and always admired it and appreciated the culture. But it's just something I really didn't get into until basically I got later on in life and have disposable income to do so. Yeah. And all right, I get. Let's just start. Let's just start because we had a little bit of an outline. We were texting earlier today. What are some of your rules for? Do you have any? Do you have made up rules in your head for collecting? Because I think I do sometimes, but I'm always like twisting them, manipulating them for myself. 
what are, we'll stick with wrestling and get specific. Then we can kind of go off later on other stuff we collect, but what are your wrestling collecting rules that you have in your head? <laughs> yeah. So I think with anything, this will be a thing that we talk about the different things I collect. Anyway, my approach is I don't have any guidelines going in. Okay. And that's always been, that's where I run into problems. Sure. And that's kind of why you, where you see me selling things off on Twitter and things like that is because I get, obsessed with things very easily and then it kind of levels out to a more healthy place mm -hmm. so it worked that way with shoes and, and oh, it basically yeah. just comes down to accumulation of stuff yeah and then you look at it one day like why do i have all of this stuff because it turns into a thing where you can't display it all mm -hmm. and it's in a closet and stuff and that's when you're like okay this is like borderline hoarding at this point yeah i think one of my main rules at least that i tell myself is okay do i have room to display this and if the answer is no, I have to think, okay, will I have room in the relatively short future? Uh, I know you just moved into kind of like your dream house. We just moved into our dream house like three years ago. So I'm not planning on expanding anytime soon. Maybe when my kids grow up, I'll have more room. But for right now, that's my one rule. And the other thing I'd say is when I'm collecting something, I have to like stick to, okay, am I going to go all in with everything or stick to a series? I have to decide that now. So for example, the AEW Jazzware stuff. I think Jazzwares figures are getting better and better. And like, there's some really gem great ones out there. And especially now they're more plentiful in the stores. It's cool to see, but I stuck with, okay, I'm going to just get series one, the original AEW series one. I got those. I went out fig hunting. I'm cause like there was something on Twitter. Someone was like, Hey, Walmart's in the area. got them. So I went to like the whole area, got them all that day. It was like a big sense of accomplishment because they were hard to find. And I went to one Walmart and they only had like a Kenny and like a Cody left. And the manager came up to me, he goes, oh man, we just put these out 10 minutes ago and they're gone. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yep. So then I made up the weird rule for myself uh, with the AEW Unmatched Series 1, where I got the Cody, the LJN style, and I got the Darby, because I love think those are two awesome ones. I'm like, well, I'm only four away from the whole set. So now I have that Series 1, so I'm sticking with that. But then I broke my own rule, because I got the Sting Unmatched, because it's, it's so awesome like I, maybe i should go your way just not have any rules but that was another thing too is like oh god what am i doing here i've also transitioned to a mint on card guy in the past two years uh i love them loose but i just the package the whole the package display thing looks awesome for sure the mint on card thing was something that really sucked me back in too, yeah because i've always been a thing that like i don't know i i think a lot of my collecting i don't know about you is based on nostalgia mm-hmm and being a kid and going to the store and seeing them 100%. always like resonate with me. And to them, it just, it kind of has that. It just, and now they do the packaging so well. Like I look around my room right now, I look at the classic superstars, to the AEW to the ghostbusters elites, which I always thought was, I mean, not like a super hyped up line, but yeah, they just look so cool and packaged for, for me. I had to like, man, <laughs> the days of me walking out with a, a case of elite 79 are way behind me. Yeah. I'll just say that. So, and I know what you mean about breaking your own rules. It's very simple to do, mm -hmm. but I got to, for me, I have to be honest with myself and you, not be like what we call in, in, in shoe culture, uh, a hype beast, which well, a hype beast is somebody who wants something because everybody else. Wants yeah. It, oh, I'm, really want it. I get sucked into that all the time. Like mm -hmm. what did I get sucked into that with recently? It was, um, the, the, the AEW two packs on Amazon that were mm. there, uh, they're okay. It's kind of cool, like as the first like two pack set. But I'm like, I got right, I gotta have it, I gotta have it. And then I got my Kenny 
and Hangman 2-pack, and the first one was damaged. So I'm like, I got to get another one. So I kept ordering like three or four of them until I got the one I wanted. So I definitely sometimes will fall into that. And it's it's a slippery slope. I can't imagine it with sneakers, but with toys, it's it's slippery for sure. I, I feel like, oh man, it's almost at this point, like almost like an instinct, like when you know, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like that that Sting figure. Yeah. Right? When they first announced that, like, yeah, that's a definite. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like, ah, I got to see it in hand. You know what I mean? It happens every once. I mean, a lot of times, like for me, I love FTR. Yeah. So when they got their first AEW figures, yeah, I'm in automatic. You know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm. but I got to be honest with myself and not be like, okay, I got to get every Kenny Omega there. How many Kenny Omegas do I need for me? You know what I mean? So, yeah. And what's interesting is I don't think they've made an amazing Kenny Omega figure yet. Like, there's been parts that have been good. So I'm just waiting for the one they come out to like the one that has everything I want. I'm like, oh, I got to get that. Even though I have three right now, basically I have series one unmatched unrivaled and that two pack. So it's, it's crazy. And then sometimes I'll get, I'll get hyped into other lines like super seven. I don't know if I buy into they're the best wrestling figures out there. They're okay. When they nail it. Uh, I grabbed that Andre, the giant Japan super seven figure one, because I heard, uh, I think I saw someone on Twitter, like post it. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. I looked into it. I'm like, oh, it's sold out through Super 7. So I was like, well, now I kind of want it because it's sold out. There you go. Yeah. And then like I eventually found it through Big Bad Toy Store. And like it was just like, okay, now I got it. And it's awesome. It looked great in the package. But now I kind of want another one to open. But I'm not going to do that because it's sold out. So it's it's tough to get sucked into that for sure. At least we're in the – at least for me, we'll talk about your two. So I'm into more like the modern stuff. I've kind of pulled away from trying to collect. Hasbro's or even Galoobrel JNs. Are you going backwards at all? Or are you stopping at a certain point with far, how far you're going back to pick up, pick stuff up? Could be figures, could be whatever. Um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm with you. I like the, the modern stuff is just so well done. Mm-hmm. Right. And I love what they're doing with the Legends lines and just the Legends figures in their regular series. And for, I'm talking about Mattel here, by the way. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're going to see that coming up with AEW. But that that's kind of what I've been doing. So, like, yeah, I get like I really want like I don't have an on car Bruce the Beefcake Hasbro, but that I know I didn't get the Legends figure, but that Legends figure looks amazing. I can see where like okay, I I don't know. Depends on how nostalgic you are, and I feel like I'm kind of getting past that of like wanting all the stuff I didn't have when I was a kid, mm-hmm. or, or or replacing what I have when I was a kid. Now like the stuff is just so well made. I'm just kind of like maybe advancing with the times in my collecting. Does that makes sense? For sure. And then when you go to like a secondhand shop or a uh, toy store or anything like that, like a vintage toy store, even we have disc replays out here, I think in somewhere in Columbus, I, I've been to a place. It's like called like, it's like a DVD music video game place. It also has toys. I've been there before. Yeah. Um, so they, they have a few places like that by me. So I'll always browse. They're constantly getting new stock in, which is cool. And they're priced relatively reasonable. So I'm always browsing, I'm like, oh, there's a Hasbro here. Like, I don't need this Ted DiBiase, but, you know, if it's 10 bucks and it works or whatever, maybe I'll pick it up. But again, it goes back to, do I have room for this, <laughs> this type mm-hmm. of thing? So I think my rules with nostalgic stuff is if it's a good deal, I'll probably jump on it. I'm not going to overpay just for the sake of getting it, for sure. And, and, and with those stores you're talking about, even like if I'm not going and buying as much stuff as I used to, I've always enjoyed window shopping. Yeah, hundred percent. At those places, and even just going just brings back, like again, nostalgia and so many memories of seeing them in the stores as a kid and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't always have to like buy everything I see to like 
enjoy myself and I'm not doing leg work. You know what I mean? Are you now with you, obviously guys with a leg work hashtag and everything you're in stores. Are you the shopper in your household? Oh yeah. Okay. So, oh, yeah, yeah. so am I, I'm, I get groceries, I get everything. Like I'm the guy that goes out to the stores and I'm also a browser, which drives my wife nuts. <laughs> She's the anti-browser. She hates shopping, like everything. So I like usually go by myself and sometimes I'll take the kids with me and like, Hey, I'll get the kids out of the house for a bit. And like, if you promise them a cake pop, they'll be quiet for a little bit, you know, because <laughs> Target's got the Starbucks in it. So it's an incentive for them to be good. But that's a, the window shopping thing is a great call is looking at stuff like, oh, this would be cool to get into, but I'm not going to, you know, type of thing. What, what, is anything you've been tempted by? It doesn't have to be wrestling related, but a collection or a line. It's like, ooh, maybe I'll start grabbing these or this isn't too bad. Anything that's you've almost jumped into, but have oh, so far yeah, held it, yourself back. It's very well noted that if you follow me on Twitter and listen to my podcast, you will know that. I am tempted by Marvel's Legends almost every day. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> They're I great. I got into Marvel about like a year and a half ago. So yeah. that's all very new to me. And I'm fighting yours because I know how I am talking about earlier how I go in with things with no boundaries. Mm-hmm. So I got the two Spider-Men from the No Way Home series. Okay. No, I didn't get the Tom Holland variant. I got the integrated suit. I got black suit Spider-Man. Those were the first two Marvel's Legends figures I ever bought. And that was probably a month ago. Mm-hmm. So that's, and I, I see them all the time. Like, you know, it's to the point where like I watch the Loki series and then I see Morbius at Target and I have to like, no, don't get it. No, don't get it. You know? So yeah, it's definitely, definitely Marvel's Legends for me. How about for you? Right now I've kind of started and like I text my buddy all the time. I'm like, convince me to not do this. So I started to pick up some of the Star Wars Black Series figures. One, they're incredibly cheap because they're not that collectible because they make so many of them. So... I was able to get, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get Luke and Leia and Darth Vader uh, and Han, like to start. That's it. And it was like 35 bucks for all of them, new in the package at the mm-hmm. secondhand shop. And then I'm looking, I'm like, well, I really like the, the, the recent sequel, so I'm going to get a Ray. And I got that. I'm like, well, if I need to, I got to get a Kylo now that I have a Ray. So it's just like this thing. And then I picked up the, uh, the Cusca Reeves, the Sasha Banks from The Mandalorian. I'm like, well, I got to get that just because of the crossover. Well, right. if I get that, now I need to get a Mandalorian. But I'm being patient because they're making a better version of the Mandalorian coming up. So it's just like, I thought I made rules for myself with these Black Series things. But now I have a little display in the corner by my movies. It's like, there's the Star Wars poster, and here's the VHS tape of the Star Wars, and here's Luke and Leia and Darth Vader. So that's one that I did start to jump into. Ones that I haven't, but I'm very tempted to, especially now is the Power Rangers figures, like the re-release, the adult ones, because my two kids are now crazy into Power Rangers. Like, it's adorable. My three-year-old and six-year-old are playing Power Rangers, like literally in the living room. So I'm like, well, that's amazing. So of course I went on eBay and bought the old ones for them. You know, the ones that I had from like 92 or 93. Luckily, those were pretty cheap. They were like 12 bucks each. They're not that collectible. But the new ones, they're like, I got, they're almost like ultimate. They're like, you know articulation and multiple heads and, and all that stuff. So that's one I'm like, okay, okay, let's back off. Let's, let's not jump in because Power Rangers was something I was really, really into me and my friends for like a year and a half. And then we all kind of grew mm. out of it. So it's not like wrestling when I was in it forever. So that's right. the one too. Uh, I started a little bit to look into turtles, but the price is just too high. I'm like, I can't, I can't like whether it's NECA or super seven or even the playmates, it's just, they're too expensive for me to do. And, 
I at least know as a person who has responsibilities in a family to at least back off on that. One thing that I was really into as a kid that I now look at as an adult, like these toys have come so far and they would be so cool to just, I'm not even trying to collect, just mess around with Mm -hmm. is uh, transformers. Yeah. And like, you got to take those out of the box. Like you can't keep those in the package. Right. And that's like, there's no way I can MOC a, a, a very cool train. And I'm not up on all the Transformers. Like, I've seen the movies, but they don't, I didn't, you know, I'm not super, super into Transformers as an adult. Mm-hmm. It's just strictly a thing where, like, I was into it when I was a little kid, and now I see them as an adult, and I have this money in my pocket, and I have to talk myself out of walking out with this thing and being a grown man baby when I go home. Before I forget, <laughs> when, when we were younger collecting wrestling figures, did you keep those in the car? Or were you opening those as a kid to play with them? So I was opening those. And again, I'm not like trying to like my dad did, gave us a wonderful wife. Everything was great. I'm not trying to cry. Nothing like mm-hmm. that. I had, one, I had a really good childhood. We didn't have a lot of disposable income when I was a kid. Sure. That's just fact of the matter. So I didn't have, I think if you go back and inter, there's an interview I did with Jeff from fully posable mm-hmm. and he, <laughs> he asked me what my fig fed looked like. And it was, was a mishmash like, of everything. I was like, I had a Ted DiBiase because I had a million dollar belt. I had a Macho Man. Then there would be some turtles in there. Yeah. Some starting lineups would be in there. And he'd be like, starting lineups, how would that work? I'm like, Jeff, it was tough. Jeff, it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. Quit grilling me. But no, it was, yeah, it's, I didn't I, keep those in the box. The, the figures, when I was getting wrestling figures when I was a kid, it's because I was playing with them. Yeah. Like, once I grew out of like the toy phase of like playing with toys. I wasn't really like, co- I was collecting sports stuff because I could more, you know, you know how it is when you're a kid. Mm-hmm. You're what you're 13, into. 12, 13 years old. You know, you're getting older girls and stuff like that. I wasn't collecting wrestling figures. I was still watching. Yeah. I just wasn't collecting. The, I, well, that, I mean, for me, it wasn't even really specifically Hasbro um, because the way we grew up is we, I'm not saying we were poor. We weren't at all. We were, we were very lucky, but like, it wasn't like we got presents all the time. It was Christmas right. and birthday and that was it. Like, period. And if I wanted something, like, if you had your own money you got from working your Christmas, you can go buy something. So when I got a little older, this is, like, junior high, I could do, like, odd jobs like for my neighbors. Like, I'd cut their grass or I'd watch their kids or whatever. So I'd have 30 bucks every few mm-hmm. weeks to buy go buy a couple figures. So me and my friend would, every day after school, would ride our bikes to Toys R Us and, like, scan the pegs, with look into the new jacks, what's coming. Everyone wanted the Austin. Everyone wanted LOD. You know, and... Everybody also wanted the best of 97 jacks with the Heart Foundation had the vests. That was a big deal to find. So that thrill of finding something when you're looking for it still carried over to me as an adult. And yet it's easier to it's definitely easier to buy stuff online. You may pay a little bit more, but it's easier. But I don't think I'll ever prefer that over seeing it on the shelf, looking at it, examining, make sure the package is good, making sure there's no nicks, making sure the figure is empty like missed paint. All that stuff. Are you on my side with that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I was, again, it was just for me, it was a thing like, I was sick. I was 15, 16 years old when, when Bendems were coming out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like Jax wasn't really a thing until I was like in high school and stuff. Mm -hmm. I do wish I'd have gone back and collected in like the the classic superstars era because I was seeing them at stores and it was jogging a lot of memories. I thought that's when I first started thinking like, man, these are dope. These are really cool. You know, but I, again, I was in my twenties, I was in the trenches back then. <laughs> I, yeah. was, I was going out. So wrestling figures, I didn't meet my wife until I was 28. So I'm one of those dudes. Well, so. no, well, what year were you born? 80. Okay. So yeah, you are 
three, like three or four years older than me. So basically just a, like a high school older than me. But yeah, so right. when the classic superheroes came out, I was I think end of high school, probably senior or whatever. And the same thing, I was like, I was pretty much lapsed from wrestling at that point. I was trying to, you know, meet same. girls and like girls like were talking to me. So I'm like, well, shit, I got to pay attention to you. I, mean, I don't have to, I can't be home on Monday nights or exactly. whatever. But again, you'd be at the Toys R Us or be at Walmart and you'd see that. And you'd be like, oh, this is kind of cool. And it got to the point where my buddies and I would buy them each other as like kind of gag gifts. Like, oh, I bought you a Mr. Perfect. Ha, ha, ha. So I bought you this Roddy Piper I found. Ha, ha, ha. Like we used to watch this stuff. We'd be like, oh, sweet. Like adults give each other toys as gifts. No, I'm like, you idiot. You should have kept that thing. <laughs> we could have sold it forever much or whatever. But same deal. It was when you see that in the shelf, you're like, ooh, this is, this is kind of cool. See, now I've always appreciated collecting and like the subculture of collecting, whether you're a sports fan mm-hmm. or a wrestling fan or whatever. So if I've ever been watching wrestling actively, if I go to the store, I think that's where the window shopping thing goes. I would, it's nothing just to walk down the toy aisle, just take a look. No, you, you, you got mindset, to. You know? You're going to yeah, Walmart so to I, get dog food. You're looking in the toy aisle too, like just what's happening. Exactly. <laughs> so I that's where I would see like those like Jack's figures. And that's when figures in my mind, they went from – you know, the, the, the LJNs to the Hasbro's, you know, I mean, we mm-hmm. all know the transition. We first start, started seeing like all the, the double jointed, the jointed figures, the BCAs. And that was way different. No matter how ugly they were, you got to put yourself back in that time. Mm-hmm. And that was so cool. Like to see Rustin, cause Rustin was so cool on TV. I can't like, if you were born in the late nineties, early two thousands, I can't explain to you how big it was unless you were there. Like, you know, yeah, so, it's to the point where I remember, it was so big. It was like a high school assembly or whatever. And the two like jock, like I knew, even I knew they were. I went to a big high school, but like they were like the most popular kids in school. You never would have thought, oh, they like wrestling. They did on the microphone, the New Age Outlaws introduction. Got in a lot of trouble by the principal who was pissed at him. But like, I, I remember thinking like, wow, I cannot believe wrestling is popular with everyone when I was the only one for the longest time that watched it. But it's right, true. Because- like you have no idea how big it was. I went to a small school, it's a very small high school in Ohio, and <clears throat> I was really into it in like sixth grade. Yeah. And that was the last time I was like publicly as a kid because then the, you go to junior high the next year and things, you know, things are different. Mm-hmm. But I was in sixth grade and I was, that was uh, the 92 Rumble yeah. into WrestleMania 8. That was when I was, and then I, I mean, I had a subscription to the magazine. I wasn't buying toys at that point because I was 12. I was a little out of that, but, you know, I was aware. Didn't wasn't wearing much merch or anything because of course I wasn't getting bought that, but then I didn't really come come out as a wrestling fan as weird as that sounds mm-hmm. to say until you know I started seeing awesome three sixteen shirts at school yeah or even in the mall like I saw I remember right. seeing like the they weren't the official shop ones either they were a little bit like goofy looking you know like the awesome three sixteen was in like blue instead of white it was it was goofy like that they were in stores like uh, Hills. And things I don't know if you guys have hills. No, or- but it's probably similar to like a venture out here, which is like a department store kind of yes. like an old school department yes. store. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I remember my mom and I were at JCPenney once and JCPenney is when you're a kid is like one of the worst stores to be in. There's no toys. Mm. There's just clothes. You know, you're only there to buy school stuff or something. And you like some wax shoes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You get like, you want Nikes? Okay. We're not going to Foot Locker. You get these no, flights. No, Nike Air is just Nike. You get the flights. Nike. It's got the swoosh. Yes. You're good enough. And in, in retrospect, my mom was 100% right. Like, I'm in sixth grade. I don't need flights. You know, I got the swoosh. I'm good. But I remember like she would, this was back when I must have been sixth grade or something. My mom knew how much I hated like going to those things. So she would say, okay, 
you can go wander, meet me back here in five minutes or 10 minutes. Okay. So like, I'm, I remember looking in the boys clothes and I saw an Austin skull shirt and like my heart like was pounding. I'm like, how am I going to scam my way into getting my mom to buy me this shirt? And luckily she <laughs> bought it for me. I still have it. It's like the half skull Austin shirt, half face one. So it was, and I, it was, of course it was an extra large because in the nineties, everyone wore gigantic clothes, which future Steve thinks past Steve, because now that, that fits me. So good job for buying the XL t-shirt when yes. you were a kid. There you uh, go. We went off on a bit of a '90s wrestling tangent there. Uh, always good. Always, always good. What about any other wrestling stuff that you're into collecting besides figures? Or is it open ended? Like, if it's cool, you'll grab it. Or are you sticking with figures? Oh man, yeah, that's a, something like I stick with figures. I still do T-shirts, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I will say I've been lucky to like. Do, I love Dobro and Sammy Evans. I love them to death, but they're always sending me T-shirts. <laughs> I have like so many T-shirts in my closet. They've sent me. I'm, I'm this very lucky guy. But yeah, yeah, I haven't bought a T-shirt in a minute because I'm like I have so many. I have like probably 65 wrestling T-shirts upstairs. Ooh, that's a lot. Yeah, man. it's a it, lot. It's I was some... doing the whole I was doing the whole pro wrestling crate thing there for a while. Yeah, and then the hot topic thing that came more available and hit the sales on WWE Shop. Oh, for they sure. Have really, really good sales. So it's very easy. To like affordably accumulate a very nice wrestling shirt collection. Yeah, I just actually bought. Uh, it was a shop clearance thing. I picked up. There was an. They had like their their homage section, which are normally like twenty five to thirty dollars shirts for fifteen bucks. I'm like, well, shit, right. I'm grabbing a couple of these, and uh, I picked up the best worst shirt ever. The Austin like where he's got the rattlesnakes his arms, and mm-hmm. it says like expect no mercy. I'm like, well, this is so bad. I need this. It's six bucks. Got to yeah. get that. Uh, but I will say. I also was in like the hot topic thing. Like I was on a mission one point to collect all the bullet club variants. And like, that was kind of cool, cool to go to different hot topics. But if you mm-hmm. want to sell some of those shirts, they still go, they go for a decent amount. I was surprised. Like my AJ style shirt, I sold for like 28 bucks. I'm like, well, shit, people wow. want this. Why not? So they'll throw them up there, especially if they're a large or an extra large. Those are pretty much the more common sizes people are looking for too. So, and I, the hot topic thing was such like a, you know, this whole build up to AEW, I'm not going to get into all that, but that was just such a cool thing to like mm-hmm. see quote unquote independent wrestlers shirts in hot topic to see the young, see non WWE people who were wrestling in overseas, just grinding in hot topic. That was such like a cool transition that we witnessed. And now like Dan Housen's yeah. selling his ass off on there and stuff like that. It's obviously evolved to something else, but that was like, yeah, I got to buy these shirts. Cause it was almost like, a you want to support these guys. Exactly. That's, that was, that's why I became such a big Young Bucks fan. Like I knew kind of who knew who they were just because they were like the indie tag team everyone knew. When I read up, I'm like, oh, these guys, these guys are literally bootstrap DIY guys. Like if you go to their website back in the day, Young Bucks merch, it was like their wife shipping it. And it said like sometimes yeah. like, hey, we're out of town this week. Please don't be upset. There's a shipping delay. I'm like, well, I'm going to support these guys. Like despite yeah, what absolutely. you think of them, they like pulled themselves up literally by their wrestling bootstraps and, and did it. So it's, it was pretty cool. The yeah, the shirt thing's tough. It's fun, but it's tough. It's tough because yeah. it's cheap and like it stacks up. But I guess you got a shirt for every occasion, though, right? I do. Now I I know you have uh, the the VHS collection. That's me. That that is something that ha- and Barry obviously has the he's transitioned everything into DVD and Blu-ray. But he was an old school tape trader, so he was like yeah. in the trenches in the nineties. That was something that's always fascinated me. So I don't mean to hijack your show. Don't for go minute, for it. How like 
because I've gone to you with a couple questions in the past, but how is that like? That's gonna take uh, just a ton of patience and just to preserve all this stuff that you've had for so long, right? So no, so here's the a good question, and I get asked this a lot. People are like, how did you get all these? Like, well, I didn't get them all at once. <laughs> so for those who don't know, just look at my Twitter feed or the Instagram. I'll post one after the show too. Um, I've always had a like vision in my head of what I wanted to build one day if ever I had a basement. I wanted like the old school wood video shelves that my video store had. And I'm thinking like, and for the longest time I was like trying to find them online or whatever and couldn't come up with them. And I considered one time hiring a carpenter to build them for me and all this other stuff. It got to the point where my old, one of the old video stores um, in our town, uh, the building is still empty. It's been closed for 10 years, but they still have the video stuff on it. I called the leasing agency to see if I could, pretending to be interested in the building, to look at it, to see if there was any shelves in there I could try to buy off them. <laughs> like, That's so amazing. <laughs> there was nothing in there, so it didn't work out, but I was like, I got to try something. But I ended up finding the shelves a while ago, or a, a couple years ago. But anyway, that's we'll get to that later. So the tape thing started when I... This was back when they were like a dollar or two. Like no one, I mean, everyone had transitioned to DVDs. Like VHSs were like, everyone, like no one even considered getting them. So I remember picking up a handful of them off of like eBay, like VHS lot. You'd look up and you could pick up a bunch of tapes. So, okay, mm-hmm. I, got a, I got a couple random WrestleManias here. I got a couple random Survivor series. Let's see if I can keep collecting. And then I discovered kind of like into, like like every collecting group has a subculture, has like a, has its own group. Yes. So the VHS group has its own and then i found that it's split into two parts there's the uk collectors and the north american collectors because i'm wow you don't know this i mean if you don't be careful if you're collecting that you're not buying a uk collection because those won't play here if you want that to matter and also the artwork's different so they have their silver vision and coliseum video which is very similar but there's two collections so i got into that group and then i got in touch with one of the guys who was selling a lot and he had a lot of tapes. I forgot how many were. It was like 25 of them. And he wanted like 100 bucks. I'm like, that seems like a lot for VHS tapes. But I was like, you know what? I'll just buy it. So I did and I got them. And another big thing with, the, with that group is making sure the tapes play and they work. And you'd be surprised at how well these tapes still look that I pop into VCR every once in a while. Like especially the Coliseum ones, but they're using the quality VHS stuff. It's like those Attitude Era tapes that were cranking out like nothing. Those kind of look like crap because they were like 10 bucks. So who cares? Mm-hmm. But these Coliseum tapes, even on the, the front of like WrestleMania 3, it's the price, thirty nine ninety five In 87, it was 40 bucks to buy that tape. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. But that's kind of how VHSs were until I think Batman 89 was the first affordable home video. And everyone kind of followed suit after that. It was like either 14 or 20 bucks. Which everyone, saying that's like selling at McDonald's. Yeah, it, everybody. That's why everyone you knew had that because it was like, oh, mm-hmm. we can own a movie for this little amount of money, right? So then I bet that then it got to the point. I was like, well, I'm going to collect all the big four. So then it just you kind of go down the thing, and it's the thrill of the hunt, and and finding tapes, and looking at thrift stores, and looking on eBay, and and, and being patient, not overpaying for stuff, and knowing knowing value of everything, and that's what I did. So now I have I have every big four of the WWF and Coliseum video. I have a bunch of the Coliseum video tapes. Um, I know our friend Rad Chad, he's collected all of the big box Coliseum videos, which is a little more expensive because some of those old clamshells go for a lot more money. Um, 
but it's 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 great i i don't know i like i look at them and some people say like, do you watch those i go honestly sometimes i do i, I do every once in a while just to, it's like a feeling like you it's weird if you if you get a chance if you go to like a thrift store and by the way vcrs are expensive now which is hilarious to me but wow. you, you pop in you get a vcr pop it in like you will get a feeling it will be a literal like uh, endorphin feeling going through you as you pick it up and put it in the vcr and the sound and the clicking and it's weird. I recommend everybody does it. it if they can find a VCR, go ahead and do it. So that's something it fascinates me on like a lot of different levels. It was first off one thing that like, I feel like you and people like Drew Vensel and things have like yep. basically made aware to me is the importance of like physical media mm-hmm. and how like now things are, you see it on the, you saw it on the network and now you see it on Peacock, how heavily edited things are. Yep. You don't you know? own and anything so unless you unless don't you ever have, have to experience that if you don't want to, which is, yeah, awesome. and then there's a whole nother like sub subculture of collecting because even the Collison videos are edited for tape. There's people that have original like the original pay per view broadcast. Someone recorded and now it's kept on digital file. So I have a bunch of those too with the countdown shows and like that's cool. It's really cool, um, and it's it's something I haven't gone crazy down because it's it they're all bootlegs and nothing's official. So I like the, kind of the official stuff. Um, there's also people that make custom sets. So I have someone, he's, I'm not going to say his name because it's, you know, it's not exactly legal, but they have the, uh, every Coliseum video ever on a seven disc Blu-ray set. So every one of them ever. And the quality is pretty good. Um, so I have all those. And then there's also the, the WCW tapes. I've kind of dipped my toe in, but because those were so not that popular, they're a little more scarce. Not as many people had them because they were Turner home entertainment. So it wasn't that big of a deal to have them, but those tapes were a little bit more expensive. Um, and their artwork kind of sucks too. Like WWF was just way better than WCW in that regards for everything. Figures, presentation, merchandise, everything was better, I think, for WWF, even in the mid-90s. So I, I will say, not to stroke your ego because I'm on your show, I, I'd get, and you see it too on Twitter, we see a lot of dope collections, right? We mm-hmm. see a lot of people that have amazing displays, but yours has always been one of the top in my mind i've always found it so amazing because i was a video store kid i don't know if that's yeah. a term you know what I mean? yeah I was for a sure video store kid and i also my grandfather had probably the first ever vcr i'm thinking <laughs> the one that played had two parts one that played one that rewound uh-huh. it was very expensive tapes were very expensive back this is like the early 80s maybe even late 70s yeah. i don't know I, you know the history better than i do but because i had that and then a more modern vcr which by more modern i mean like 1990 91 92 whatever i was doing the whole renting and recording oh yeah the VCR at home. yep for sure so that was i the had thing. the first seven wrestlemanias i had the first i had every i had every pay-per-view up to i want to say 92 just to own like that. And that's the thing too. And we're dating ourselves obviously, but it, it goes back to collecting is owning something like you pick it up and you buy it. And, and sometimes people ask me, I mean, mentioned earlier about like, why do I have them? Do I watch them? Another thing is they're pieces of art too. It's the same thing as looking at like a figure on your wall or a painting or something. It just, it's cool. It's tangible. It's cool to look at, you know, that's why I'll never get the NFT thing. Um, I'm sure it'll take off at some point, but for me, I, I don't get it. And I'm sure that I'm not the target for it but I just don't get the NFT thing. Maybe you do, I also, but I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. And also, but I think because like, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm aging us here and dating us is I appreciate the video store collection and a lot of people's Hasbro's collections and a lot of people's attitude era collections because I can mentally put myself there. Sure. For sure. 
And that's something that like you're, I mean, when you talked about like when you pop in a, a VCR, a tape of the VCR and the sound it makes, I haven't thought about that in years since you, till you just said it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, he's right. I like, got some extra VCRs if you want one. I'll ship one to you. Or I'll bring it next time in Columbus. I'll bring you one. I got, I'm serious. I got, I got a handful of them. I was like, what do you do with these? I'm like, I don't know. I just have them. <laughs> oh, God, you're going to send me down a rabbit hole. That's dope, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then with really quick to wrap up the story about the tapes and the the shelving. So I've told this story before on our show, but if people are, are listening to your show, might not have heard it. Well, there's, there's probably a bit of crossover between our two shows. It's the whole fully posable like umbrella we're all under like everyone's in that like, <laughs> like rustling exactly yeah, yeah. exactly um the the on facebook marketplace i would always put shelves video store shelves whatever and for the longest time i was getting those family video shelves like the wire ones i'm like i don't want those i want the wooden ones so someone finally put i, I put like a kind of grainy picture up on facebook marketplace because i put no limit for mileage of where it was mm-hmm. and somebody bought a building and in like the basement or the lower level, there was a handful of these shelves. And I go, how much do you want for these? He goes, 20 bucks each. He's like, but you got to come pick them up. I'm like, okay, where are you? He's like, Michigan. I'm like, okay, that's four hours away. I'm like, I don't have a truck, but I work for a company that does a lot of work with logistics and trucking companies. So I message someone on my team. I say, hey, how much would they charge me to pick this up and bring it here? They're like, I don't know, but you're better off asking Jabari, who's one of our coworkers. She goes, he has a truck and he literally picks stuff up as like a side hustle. And he goes, and he lo- I'm like, would he do this? Like, I don't know. He loves money. Ask him. So I'm like, how much do you want for this? I think I paid him like 200 bucks plus gas. He's like, sure. Four hours, 200 bucks worth of work. Sure. So he went and got it. He came back. He goes, just so you know, dude, he goes, these things are way bigger than you told me. He's like, they weigh about 200 pounds each. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so he came and he's like, yeah. Always right? And he was like, he's like, look, man. He's like, it wasn't a big deal, but the guy that I bought from wasn't going to help me load it on my truck. I go, look, man, like I can't, I can't hold those by myself. Eventually he did. He's like, hey, I paid him 20 bucks to do it. He's like, so you owe me an extra 20. But he got him in here. We brought him downstairs and they're not going anywhere until we move. <laughs> they are, they're wood. And I also randomly, years ago on eBay, this is before I even had my big collection, somebody had a uh, the plastic clear tapes that video stores used to have, like the plastic cases for them, like a oh. box of about 200 of them. So I bought it just to have. And now I've got those behind it. So if you go to, come to my video store, you pick up the, the box. Behind it is the cassette in the little plastic thing if you want to take it home to rent. So that's even the, the more fun part. That's awesome. The uh, other thing I want to ask you before I forget about collecting wrestling stuff is you mentioned shirts. What about other clothing? I know WWE's tried to do like the new era hat thing hasn't really caught on. Chocolate made some sneakers. Any other clothing WWE stuff besides shirts? Or I guess AEW, any type of wrestling stuff. Jackets, Not whatever. I've gotten into, mm-hmm. but I will say I, pre- I got a chalkline jacket from the community as a gift. Yeah. And it is absolutely amazing. Which I one? Like, I got the I got the Macho Man. Sure. Got the Macho Man with the yellow. It's actually more Macho King. Okay. It's it's so amazing. It's so like from that era that I talked about from like the '92 era when I was in sixth grade. So it definitely hit. It's it's it, it's absolutely perfect. So that's something that I could. And actually, also Chalkline was popular in that era. You know, so it kind of goes hand in hand. So that's something that like. Again, I go back to like when I was a peak fan, chalkline mm-hmm. jackets and what they're doing with them now. Cody Baker, uh, my fellow Ohio player here, he has a 
amazing chalk line jacket. I'm talking about my hands were on audio here. Sure. He has an amazing chalk line jacket that it's collection that's so good. So that's something I could get into. I they're pricey though. Really? They're, those chalk lines are pricey. They're cool. Yes. And I've almost been tempted to jump on the sale. There was that Macho King Power Glove combo. I'm like, this is kind of so ridiculous. My wife's like, do you want it? I'm like, no, because where am I going to wear this? And wherever I would wear, you'd be embarrassed to be with me. Like, what, what are we doing with it? But yeah, what, anything else besides chalk line? Because I have a pair uh, of their sneakers, and their sneakers are like chucks. I, I'd rather have a pair of Converse, but they're they're okay. I'm always, I don't do it, but I'm fascinated, fascinated. And, and one day, if I can commit the money to it, I'd very dope belt collection. I feel like that's a very adult thing to have. If you're going to be a wrestling oh. fan and have it displayed in your house. Yeah. And I just think about my office and like, a, you know, just a very nice display of maybe like six or seven Dude. belts that are like important to me and my fandom. Yep. That would be like, I feel like they're conversation pieces and they're, they, they look good. And it's like a very like adult thing to have. Like, I yeah. That. So belt the, collection is the always belt, fascinating. The belt thing is something that do yourself a favor. Don't join any of those Facebook groups because you'll be tempted all the time to buy one. I've seen them, yeah. And like they're like the bootleg ones, and like Nate Ringskirts has like, of course, the holy grail of belt collection. He's got everything in his basement. The Wrestle Cave looks amazing. And you're right. Like I have a couple. So it started. My wife bought me the Attitude Era one years ago, and like I was like mad at her. She's like, "You always wanted one." I'm like, "All right, all right," and it's great. And then I ended up getting the Warrior Blue Winged Eagle strap because I always liked it as a kid. I thought it was cool to have different color straps. And it was a WWE shop sale where I think they screwed up, which every once in a while they'll do. It's pretty rare, but it was like a, it was it was whatever it was, the discount code worked. So we got it for 99 bucks. So I was like, well, shit, I got to buy this. And then I traded someone else in a Facebook group. I think it was the Pete Dunn figure when it first came out. It was like crazy to find the original Pete yeah. Dunn. He traded me his yellow warrior IC title for it. I was like, okay. And then for my birthday a couple years ago, my wife bought me the Rock Brahma Bull Championship, which was never on TV, but it's my favorite one I I have, period. It's just gorgeous and it's it looks awesome the detolf. But it's I, I I always go down that hole of do I want to get the smoking skull belt to add to this collection here? Do I? But I'm like, nope, nope. Like you said, it's an adult. Maybe more like later when kids are moved out and I'm retired and I want something to do. Maybe we'll see. Yeah, because right now I got Lily digging in the toys and stuff, so she came walking through <laughs> with like a six hundred dollar belt drag on the ground behind her. No man, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, Not it's, yet. it's true. But it, at the same time, it's let's talk about it really quick. So you have a daughter. How old your daughter? She's uh, she'll be three in April. Okay. So, so is she allowed? near certain toys she allowed to play with things what is the rules with her does she has she known what she can and can't do yet what's her rules uh so right now it's uh it's really hard to like she's that age where like she doesn't understand so it's really hard to reason with her type thing yeah yeah so not gonna get any better by the way my Sorry. office has shelves <laughs> and i try to keep things out of reach i don't want her touching Mm-hmm. that's just kind of what it is she plays a lot of what she gravitates towards i did have a proud dad moment the other day because she plays with a Sting figure a lot. The, the Sting um, Master of the Universe I have loose. Okay. She plays with that a lot, and also the Mini Funko. Sure. If you remember that, the mystery Mini Funkos they had. Yeah, yeah. So she runs around with those a lot. And Sting, Sting, Stings. I told her Sting is an easy word to say. But then he came on the TV, and she pointed to the TV and said Sting, and that was that happened 
two days ago. First time that's ever happened. That's awesome. Very, very proud dad moment. But for the most part, I keep a lot of things on my desk just because I like having things in my hand when I talk. I like messing with the toys. Mm-hmm. I have things loose for that very reason because I'm a finicky person. Mm-hmm. But anything basically she can reach, she can pretty much have. Yeah, yeah. That's it, so. It's kind of how I have it. Like the stuff on the wall, whatever. But I mean, the kids like they've got like Hasbro's and the retros on the floor. And the ring, if they play with them, like I don't care. You can play with mm-hmm. them. It's it's not a big deal. The ones that are expensive, you guys can't reach, and they and they kind of know the deal. Uh, you mentioned the proud moment. Hopefully that continues because that's super fun. Uh, my my young oldest one kind of grew out of liking wrestling. Now she's into she's into weird. <laughs> she's got such a weird thing. She's into Barbies and stuff. However, she's currently got several Barbies she wants to keep. She calls them her collector Barbies that she wants to keep on display only. The other ones are for play. I'm like, oh boy. My wife goes, she is you. I'm like, I know. I'm sorry. How old is she? She's six. So she's got her display Barbies and she's got her play Barbies. Like, well, good for you. But when she was three, for whatever reason, she really got liked Ronda Rousey. Like loved her, and it was weird. Like I didn't like show it to her. I was on one day. I think it was because the the Joan Jett song. But and she also liked her because she wore a skirt and she liked her hair and braids and all this stuff. She ended up going as Ronda Rousey for Halloween that year. So her preschool is hilarious because her preschool career parade is like Winnie the Pooh, Princess, Frozen, Ronda Rousey. <laughs> it's just like it's just the funniest thing. She got her belt, her kilt, her leather jacket. Uh, for Christmas that year, I got because Ronda didn't have any merch yet. She literally just just showed up. So I got her an autographed eight by ten and put it in the frame. So nice. she opened it up and recorded her reaction. She like lost her mind. Ronda Rousey. I bugged everyone on Twitter to tag Ronda Rousey until Ronda would see it. And she did and retweeted it and said, this is amazing. Thank you. Got like a million views on Ronda's Twitter account. It was awesome. Nice. So it was kind of a fun little moment. But hopefully your kid stays with it. If not, although maybe not because you don't have to buy more toys for her as well. She gets older. I will glad. You know what? If we get to a point where like. I don't collect as much, but I kind of pseudo collect through her. Mm-hmm. I would be like totally okay with that. But my daughter, I'm just gonna, you know, one thing I'll say about my dad, and he, he was he's 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 a great dad, mm-hmm. is he never like steered me into something I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. He always just kind of fostered like, okay, he Eric's into this. I want to get super into it too and learn as much as I can about it and help him. Yeah, learn. that's how I got into sports and so many other things. So he's always kind of fostered like my interest in a way if i've worded that correctly but that's something i want to do for lily too it's a so good call. right now it's frozen so i'm totally into frozen for she sure. also likes marvel i'm totally into marvel with her nice. and i'm sure it'll be something else down the road so nice that's awesome yeah frozen the frozen phase lasts forever <laughs> at least, at least yeah, in my experience at least in my experience until the next movie comes out so uh before we go to other areas of collecting maybe non-wrestling related do you have any success stories or even fail stories of selling stuff like it ended up being a good investment for you where you got lucky or even planned it like i bought this ended up selling it like for a decent amount of money i have anything for that for you cards cards okay cards yeah i i've had i've had pretty good luck in the uh me and barry always talk about guys follow us you know what i mean like you open up a pack and like oh I'm, i keep pulling this certain rookie yeah uh for me it was justin herbert okay I pulled a lot of Justin Herbert and uh, did very well on that. Uh, a big fail, I think that maybe I should address too. And this is, you'll, you'll laugh, you'll get your troll moment too. Baker Mayfield, I've lost a lot of money on boy. 
lot of money in Baker Mayfield. You know, with rookie quarterbacks, it's a gamble. It just yeah. is, you know. I mean, you got a Mahomes rookie, sure, but yeah. Well, that's that's a that's a good point with the with the gambling with the younger players. Uh, for me, we, we, because this tied back into like giving stuff to your kids and things like that. So, I sold my famous Lex Luger shirt that I have. Oh. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, I didn't tell a lot of people. So what it was was, uh, I was looking at how much it was going for, and it was that's what happens insane. Yes. <laughs> and I was just like, "You got to be kidding me!" And I'll I'll text you off the air. I don't want to like say what I sold it for, but uh, it was it was enough to make me not really think twice about it because my thought process was this. By the way, is the Lex Luger all over ninety shirt the USA one where Lex is basically naked flexing. And it's just like an all over print. It was a great condition, all that stuff. I've had it forever. And uh, my thought process was, okay, I know how much this is worth. I never want to wear it again because I'll be afraid I'll get like a mustard stain on it or something. Yeah. yeah. And I go, also, I met Lex Luger and got a photo of me wearing it next to him. Like, how am I going to top that? Right. So I sold it and I, my wife was like, She's like, but you love that shirt. I go, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm like, yeah, but I could take this money and get these girls like awesome Christmas gifts. Right. Like, yeah, that's true. So the girls got a Gabby's dollhouse and a, a life-size dollhouse that they play with all the time this Christmas, and they loved it. So didn't think twice about it. So that was one of my big big success stories. I think uh, a fail for me, luckily I haven't invested too much, but I've definitely had some figures that I bought with the intent to sell, and I'm just still sitting on them. Yeah. You know, like Nakamura, like nobody likes Nakamura. (laughs) I bought that first NXT, like his rookie box set. Like, oh, this is good. In this one, he was like, you know, all the buzz, New Japan, all this stuff. Nothing. It's nothing. Just sitting there in the corner. So stuff like that, I've kind of taken a bath on. But at the same point, I'm still holding on to it. Because like there's stuff like those Target Tito's are going for like 60 bucks now. You know, when those were like down clearance to eight bucks. Got mine for five bucks. Yeah. You never know. You know, I got my. I will say one of my biggest wins. I I, I just thought of it as you were speaking was mm-hmm. the um. So we know our friend Tara Lynch up in uh, Northern yep. Ohio. Here, she's about an hour north of me. She has a toy in her or a toy store in her town called Toy Hunters. Very nice store. They have a lot of jacks, things like that. And the jacks are pretty universally priced, ten, fifteen dollars or whatever. Just toys bend them same way. I saw a um, the Rocky. This is before. This is a long time ago. This is probably two, one and a half, maybe maybe almost two years ago. I saw the Just Toys Rocky Maivia mm-hmm. for eight ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. I whoa! I just got your text. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> About the Lex Luger shirt. Yeah, man. Anyway, I uh, I bought it for eight ninety nine. I want to say I sold it for two twenty five. Was this because one everyone people, thought it was the rookie card? People thought that or realized. My reasoning for buying it was I remember seeing the store like. That's got to be his rookie figure. Yeah, I, that's got to be his first figure. But obviously, it's eight nine nine, and all, and that store is very much they almost always know what they have. Yeah, and I think at the time, like it wasn't even going for that much. Then out of nowhere, it shot up to like over two hundred dollars because people realized that the card cut out in the back was his. They were calling it his rookie card. All right, let's transition. So, and it's it's since leveled out to like I, I I it's definitely not that much anymore. But yeah, yeah. I cashed in on that. Well, let's transition to card talk because I am a novice at it. 
I like a few things. I've got a handful of PSA White Sox 10, PSA 10 Sox cards because they have a good young team. So I grabbed a, you know, Kopech, a Moncada, uh, Eloy, a Luis Robert, like their rookie cards, PSA. And um, I grabbed a Frank Thomas, not his rookie, but the one I had as a kid, the upper deck one, and a Bo Jackson and a Cole Carlton Fist, just to kind of have. And I think, I think slab cards look cool. Um, but I am just now, because my friend's really into it, and him and I went to the National over the summer, which is the world's biggest card show I found out. And it was insane. Right. Um, really cool if you ever want to take the trip down next year just to, to browse. It was awesome. Um, but he was explaining it because he's into hockey cards. And he's explaining all this stuff to me. And I was asking because I bought a, a hobby box of the AEW. Shout out to Mike the Cleaner for hooking me up with a good price and a good dealer. Nice. So he, my buddy was like, okay, you need to get these sleeves, these penny sleeves, and these top floors. Don't get these and get this box. I'm like, oh my God, what did I get myself into here? So have you always been collecting cards? When did you start transitioning from collecting to doing it for almost an investment slash hobby? When did this all start? Like, It seemed like it happened overnight. Yeah, so I've actually on and off collected cards since I was probably seven years old. Okay. So I've always... If I've had a few dollars in my pocket and I was at the gas station, they had them right there, I'd buy them. Mm-hmm. Or if I was at Walmart, I, I've always kind of been in that. Fell off a lot in the 2000s, which I kind of kicked myself in the ass for, for not like investing in LeBron, for instance, and things yeah. like that. But I would say even in like 2007, when cards weren't very hot, I was buying a lot of NBA cards. And I have a like a fair amount of Kevin Durant rookies because of it, because I was buying clearance cards. Mm-hmm. And I've been selling those and making good money on them. Whenever I found out during the pandemic that they were kind of going, that, that it was it was blowing up, I was like, "Well, this seems like something I kind of need to get in on because I'm a, one of those people." I was kind of like wishy washy about it though, and I went to Walmart one day and bought a Don Russ 2020 optic football hanger. This is last. This is a year ago. Bought a hanger, one of the blue, which comes three blue scope cards. One of the blue scope cards was a Justin Herbert, okay. which now PSA nine i believe is going for six hundred dollars i pulled this out of a twelve dollar pack <laughs> that's kind of what did it <laughs> i was so, like okay the ceiling is very high and that was yeah that's and ever since then like it's just a fun thing and, and the, the train and, and the sell and to get big hits is like to pull a big hit out of a pack is the equivalent of finding like a very very hard to find figure on the pegs like mm-hmm. it's a very similar feeling so yeah it's kind of leveled out to where like they've jacked up the prices for retail and everything that, and the resale is not as much as kind of like leveled out. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So. It, it wasn't going to peak. I mean, I know like I overpaid for my Luis Robert rookie car. I know I did, but at the time I was like, well, shit, it's just going to keep it. Cause it was getting right. crazier and crazier by the day. Um, but as time goes on, like these graded cards, like come in less circulation and, you're also kind of banking on like, well, if they win a world series, that's going to shoot up like stuff like that. Like you got to kind of f- take that into account. Um, some of the cards I looked at purchasing is, is an investment like to flip later, potentially. And some of it's just for fun. Do you do any like single card, like slab buying or are you just buying packs? Um, so I do, I have a card shop here that I very much support mm-hmm. and they're very up, up to date with like eBay prices very much online. I also have my buddy here, Carmen Ohio cards. I do a lot of retail. I buy some PC stuff. That's where like I talk about the Baker Mayfield investment. That wasn't like a lot of rookie buying. That was a lot of like over the past year when I was very stoked about going to a season and 
I think that like I watch I watch a lot of sports. So kind of it's based on your own opinion of things. So like what I think about certain things might not be think about like what Carmen Ohio Cards thinks about or what you think. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah. that's the interesting part about it. But I've been buying. I don't invest into a lot of like young players, particularly in baseball, just because unless it's like an. Uh, well, I should say Cleveland Guardians player that I really like or something for the PC, like what you did. Yeah. Because I feel like people can just very easily lose their ass on that. I know a lot of people that invested hundreds of dollars in like Alec Bohm, for instance, for mm-hmm. Phillies and that, and they've lost hundreds of dollars on that. Yeah. So, and then also uh, guys like Mike Trout, like when his rookie card was out, that was not at a peak of collecting time. Right. So now if a big rookie stud comes up next year, everyone's going to start everyone's going to be buying it and, and trying to get it slabbed. So, and a lot of times too, like I was buying things, especially like, particularly like the late 2000s, early 2000s fans, I was buying things and then just slabbing it up and then just putting it away and forgetting about it. Yeah. So I was, I spent a lot of time over the past year going through thousands of cards and probably 10, 15 shoeboxes worth of cards that I put away and I'm pulling out, several steph curry rookies like just Jeez. base stuff nothing number nothing like that yeah. but steph curry rookies james harden rookies Russell westbrook rookies i mean a small stack of kevin durant rookies mm-hmm. because my dumb ass being an ohio state fan was trying to find greg odin cards sure sure <laughs> so that, you know and the steph curry if you remember at the time that was not like a huge thing what it is now same mm-hmm. with james harden because i would buy the cards slap them up and put them in a box because it was a rookie card. And it was a lottery. Pick, yeah. With not a lot of expectations for the player. I found a DK Metcalf number to 75 rookie card that I sold to Dobro. If I want to say 50 bucks, mm-hmm. it was like going for like 75, 80 on eBay that I just found in a box. Yeah. So that's been a very, very fun thing too, is going back and finding things I missed, finding things I didn't realize at the time were refractors, finding things I didn't realize at the time were numbered. You know, or this rookie blew up that I didn't see was coming. So just going back on my own stuff and not even like buying things has been like a fun journey for me. For sure. And what about wrestling cards? You into those at all? Uh, Not as much. And I hate to sound like a, I mean, I see the AEW stuff going wild and I think that's absolutely great. And Mm -hmm. I know there's varying opinions on how Upper Deck has done with them. The internet loves making knee jerk reactions. So I think over time, you know, they will be a very, very good product. And I Mm -hmm. like seeing a secondary product other than tops WWE out there for people. But that said, I love the look of them, but with my card collecting, it's not like so much as like wrestling where I have a lot of PC stuff. I'm looking to like make an investment and yeah. I, like a blaster of like tops Chrome as dope as they look. You really count on it. It's very tough to get your money back on this. Yeah. I was talking to my buddy about it today before I bought the hobby box and he was like, he goes, look, he goes, if you're looking for someone specific, he goes, I would just buy what you're looking for. He goes, yeah. because it's going to cost you around the same as that box. He goes, unless you want to have fun and open it. He's like, that's what I do. So I'm like, okay, I'd rather just open it and have fun and, and keep it and whatever. So you know, if I had an AEW hobby box in front of me right now and mm-hmm. I opened it, I would sell whatever I could out of that as quick as possible. Yeah, but I also, I, I, hear, I hear you, but I think a lot of people have that mindset now too, which may crash the market a bit it's going to crash the market it's not it's going to so you can either be a beneficiary of that before or not after yeah that's my mindset yeah (laughs) yeah it's true i mean unless somebody dies or something i mean i think you really have to be aggressive about it i really do yeah yeah or you know keep them for fun we'll see who knows um it's crazy like with AEW stuff too because it's so new but it's 
I was shocked at how fast AEW stuff has become collectible. Uh, like that Brandy Rhodes Series 1 un- Unraveled figure, because it was so hard to find because it was short-packed. I have it. It's like a $140 figure. Like I, I, a lot of times people see figures on my wall. I'm like, which one do you think is worth the most? And they're like, oh, this Ric Flair autograph. I'm like, nope, this Brandy Rhodes figure is worth the most in my wall right now. Like, are you kidding me? Like, it's just how it is. It's rarity and all that stuff. I know. So it's fun, but it's also, it's. I think that's part of why I love collecting too. Is it's a a bit of a game, and you try to, and you feel like you've won if you out if you beat it at some point by getting a good deal on something. Right. I got that Brandy Rhodes off ringside. It was like a. It was up for a couple days. It was like twenty bucks. I'm like, sweet, got it. And I feel like I won. Like I beat the collecting game for Absolutely. one point, you know. And that's that's been my my my, my journey with shoes. Oh, like, let's get into shoes. Let's get into shoes because I, ooh, <laughs> I, I I work with a sneakerhead, and every day I'm talking to him about stuff. I'm like, you have new shoes. Like, let me let me tell me times I buy and sell shoes. So you got to educate me on the shoe game and how insane it is. And like, there's like, so apps me, and virtual waiting done. lines and all this stuff. So for me, I haven't not done a lot of reselling. I've done a little bit. Okay. Okay, but I've never been one of those people. Now I will say that the uh, and I, I God bless wrestling figure collectors. I love them. I do that the whole like uh, collecting helping the collectors, and I think that's a great thing. I'm not knocking it. That only exists in that space. Okay, that would never fly in the shoe community. Not <laughs> one. If somebody was trying to promote that, they would get laughed at because it is a legit business. People quit their jobs and they do it. I have a lot of monster dubs when I have sold, but I have not done a lot of it. For instance, I bought a pair of bread toe Jordans ones for, um, I had a $20 coupon. This is back when ones were $165. I got them for 145. I sold them for 500. Okay. So that's how quickly at some point, like, and I actually ended up getting two pairs. So I, I have a pair for myself, mm-hmm. but it gets to a point to where like, it's almost fiscally irresponsible to keep them. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not wearing them, yeah. they're just in a closet, and you know what I mean. And, so, and you and you paid 150 or 200, and somebody's willing to pay six or 700. I mean, what the hell? You know what I mean? It is what it is. Yeah. But so I have not got a lot. Now there's certain stuff I have that I will not sell. I will not sell my bread ones. I know you're a big Michael Jordan fan. I'm sure. So I have a a very nice Jordan collection that's impressed that's important to me mm-hmm. that stuff that like I think the bread 11 is the most Jordan shoe there is and it's my favorite Jordan so of course I have that the first pair of Jordans I bought with my own money was when I was in fifth grade I got a pair of Jordan fives the uh the, the, the cherry fives I have those now as an adult uh bread four so it's mainly pairs that Jordan wore that, yeah. that makes sense for him to wear with bulls colors I have gone outside of that with ones because ones are my favorite shoe. I have, um, yeah, so that's, but I have not done a lot of, mainly my thing is now anymore, if I can't get it retail, I usually don't get it unless it's something I really want. And even then, it's, that's turned into like a present for my wife, either it be for Christmas or Father's Day. So with- so it's it's mainly like, I get like maybe three, four pairs of shoes a, a year now. I used to get about one, one a month. So with the with the sneaker drops, like how does that work? Did you like that system of like this is the drop? You've got to be in the Nike app or whatever it is, or do you, would you prefer like you got to go out and find them? Like I don't I don't know which I think is better. I would rather go out and find them because anytime you're dealing with the internet, you're dealing with bots. Yeah, and it, that's that's what ruined it for me. Okay, basically. So like back in the day, there was the uh, the the, um, the raffle system. 
Mm -hmm. I've always kind of dealt with Foot Locker in my experience. It's always kind of how it's been for me. So they had the raffle system, which was like you go, you get your raffle ticket, you wait in line, they call a number, you don't get called, whatever, whatever, whatever. Taking some big L's. I think about the uh, the royal blue ones is the biggest L I've ever taken. I was like next, and my they didn't have it was yeah they lost my they didn't have my size. It was a bad 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 day. Steve. Yeah. So they switched over to the app, to where like if you were a VIP member, you could put in your reservation, and then if you visited the store, like and then the shoe would drop at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. But if you visited the store, you would get two minutes faster in line. Or something like that. So, like, I was actually able to get things because I was spending so much money on Foot Locker. Mm-hmm. That's how I was able. To, like, basically, in 2018, I got every shoe that I wanted. Yeah, and it was a, and sometimes two, and that's where the reselling would come in. Like, okay, my wife's gonna be a VIP member too, and she's gonna go get a pair for me, and I'm gonna sell them. Yeah, and get a pair for basically for free. Yeah, with the the bot thing is definitely annoying, and that's a big thing with tickets, for sure. Uh, uh, back in the day, I'm, I still can a little bit. I used to be, people used to call me the ticket guy. So whenever there was a big event, like I figured out the system, how to get it, the tickets. And it's pretty simple. Um, you can kind of still do it now, but now with the click the images, like the, when you go there and like Ticketmaster or whatever, it says click every stoplight, like all that stuff's also bot controlled. So people figured out a way to hack those to slow people down, even though you click everything correct, tell you it's wrong. So they're kind of back and hacking stuff. It's, it's insane. But I used to be able to do that just basically just by being patient. Like tickets won't sell at 10 a.m. It would say it's sold out at 10.01. You just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. People's credit cards get declined. People's cards expire. They'll pop back up as long as you're patient. So that was kind of my strategy. And it usually worked. But now, like you mentioned the bots thing, it's, it's tough. It's still somewhat possible, but you also need a lot of luck. I kind of wish to be the old school. I remember... It's in 2004, Green Day just released American Idiot, and they were doing a club tour of like six, four cities, like Chicago, Toronto, like Detroit and LA or something. And you had to line up at the venue the day before to get your ticket and give a wristband so you couldn't resell the ticket. So me and my buddies were in college. We had nothing better to do. We stood out. It was the summer in the city. So like we hung out for six hours outside. I got the tickets and it was like a thing. It was an event. So to be in like a, a club for like 600 people to see the show. So I kind of wish that was back a little bit for certain events. And sometimes they'll do it. Metallica did a surprise show here over the summer at the Metro, which is like an 800-seat club or, or 800-person venue. Same deal. It's like they popped up. Metallica, come get your tickets, be in line, get your wristband, and come back tomorrow. So I think that'd be fun. I, I, I hope that this app stuff never really comes to wrestling figure collecting, but I can definitely see at some point for high demand stuff and for limited things, that's where they're going to go. And it's going to be, it's going to be trouble. That's all I can say. It's going to be trouble. And I agree too. And that's what, that's the problem with uh, apps like the sneakers app is the issue is some products are, are exclusive to the sneakers app. Mm-hmm. So you can't get them through the Foot Locker app. You can't, you, your own effort doesn't matter. Yeah. And that's like, when you talk about waiting in line, you know, if you, you had in the back of your mind that if you were able to outwork somebody to get it, you could do it and get what you wanted. Sure. There's none of that. With, there's none of that with the internet stuff. Yeah, that's so true. And I don't know. I mean, I, who knows? I, I feel like nostalgia comes back every few years. I just joke, like, give it five more years. There's going to be a renaissance of video stores with like hipsters and stuff saying, oh, it's only pure if you rent it from the video store, like type of thing. <laughs> like, it's going to happen. You know, 
I mean, vinyl, vinyl records came back, man. Like I picked up a record, another record. I've got a big collection, but I luckily got into vinyl about a year before everyone else did because my wife got me into it by accident. She bought me a record player for my birthday one year. I'm like, what am I going to do with this? She's like, I don't know. You like stuff. I'm like, you know what? I do like stuff. <laughs> so I was like going to the thrift store and picking up great stuff that now it's, and it's cool. I'm glad it came back, but who knows? It's going to be a big, uh, big comeback for something. That's my prediction is the next thing to come back is going to be physical, uh, video pop-up stores and, uh, the, for wrestling related for, cause I have a big, mention vhs a big dvd collection too and a lot of that stuff i tell people all the time like hey man you want to watch wrestlemania 6 in its entirety now you got to go buy it like it's not there on peacock anymore and i think it should be up to certain people if they want to be offended by stuff or not granted what peacock pulled was pretty terrible (laughs) i mean it's roddy piper and half blackface and half black body but that's what it was it was 1990 and now that that no longer exists in the world of peacock in the wwe right now so it's interesting that stuff gets edited but that goes back to our collecting thing of something tangible and holding it i don't think you want an nft sneaker anytime soon i think you actually want it on your foot i could be wrong right. though. <laughs> and like you said i mean you know i don't you know i like to live truth so i don't want to work around like revisionist history so mm-hmm. it happens show it yeah I have to explain it so be it yeah you know, it's but- it's terrible. Although there, <laughs> there's still some stuff like we have the where it's Christmas just passed and we were watching White Christmas and my little one was like, "What's the song White Christmas from?" And I was like, "Oh, it's from the movie Holiday Inn." Have you ever seen Holiday Inn? No. Okay, so are you, you're familiar with the song White Christmas, correct? Yeah. Okay, so the movie White Christmas. And you ever seen White Christmas? It's about a old military gang comes together, put on a musical to save their favorite lodge, their Christmas lodge. It's corny. It's fun. The song White Christmas actually made its debut. Bing Crosby sung it in the movie Holiday Inn, which happened before that. The movie Holiday Inn has multiple blackface appearances, like legit, like, oh my God, this is like parody how bad it is, blackface stuff. And I was like, should we show this to our daughter? I'm like, you know what? Probably not. We could explain it to her when she's older, like this is what they did and this is why it's wrong type of thing. But right. it's, it's just crazy, you know, that stuff like that was around and it happened you know we shouldn't try to pretend it didn't i guess is my thing uh even even stuff i see now like lily loves uh, beauty and the beast yeah oh god <laughs> i haven't watched beauty and the beast in a lot of years until recently yep and i was like oh this isn't the best message yep oh that oh bell should be finding her worth in a man like yep. I mean, that type of thing stockholm syndrome <laughs> like she fell in love right, because she right, captured right. her you know Thank you. Like it's I so funny. We my youngest and I just watched the live action one the other day. And uh I'm like, oh the same thing. I haven't seen Beauty and the Beast forever. I'm like, oh this is cool. Belle likes to read, she's into books, she's kind of a dreamer. I'm like, oh, oh, oh boy, oh boy, oh yeah. boy. <laughs> like the beast was kind of a dick, which is why he's in his position he's in, in the first place. Right. You know, so lessons to be learned, I guess. Uh any other I guess a couple of things I want to ask you before we wrap up. What about the Funko Pops? Did you ever get into those? Um, I definitely dodged that bullet. I have some. Sure. It's kind of funny because I'm. I have. I was getting into the Browns ones for a second. I have two Baker Mayfields and an Odell Beckham right here. I'm looking at that's probably gonna have to. Probably gonna have to get removed from display. Just make customs out of them or something. <laughs> make yeah, right. Um, but other than that, I did get the Young Bucks ones, like the, all the New Japan ones. They yeah. came the hot topic just to literally because we was. I, I don't know about you, but like a lot of people in the middle like we got to support these guys sure thing to, you know, to keep this stuff coming into the stores 
if I see a deal, I'm looking at a Sting and Lex Luger two pack. I did get the Rock SmackDown anniversary. I have, I think, the, probably the most valuable one I have is I have the Stone Cold one from WWE 2K14 mm-hmm. that was paired up with that at GameStop. And then, but if there's a Macho Man, I'll buy it. But yeah. other than that, no, I know I just named a bunch. But that's literally. But that's all. not a lot because how many there are? Because I have a handful right. too, and it's same thing. Like I dodged it because it's so tempting. Like, ooh, they got mighty. Ducks Funko Pops, and I was like, they have cool runnings Funko Pops. Like, come on, yeah. like, what am I doing here? But yeah, I dodged it. I've got in my basement with my rescue stuff. I got the Young Bucks, Kenny and Cody. I actually have all those signed, so it looks cool displayed. Like Kenny signed Cody and the Bucks. So that was kind of cool. Um, and I've got a couple Legends ones that my one year my sister in law bought us all for Christmas is kind of a joke, but I'm like, these are fun. But then upstairs we've got like we, my wife and I love The Office. It's kind of like our show, like just to have on the background, whatever. Yeah. So I bought the main four guys and I was like, I cannot go down this rabbit hole of having every side character. I'm like, it'll get too much. And there's cheap enough. We're like 10 bucks, 12 bucks, whatever to grab it. But, uh, my co-host Eric Sanchez, he's a big Funko pop guy, but he sells stuff like stuff. He sold them for recently. Even still, I figured they would have crashed by now, but they're not 400, 500 bucks for like these comic con exclusive ones he's got or, he had the CM Punk and like pink hot topic for a while, which was crazy. So it's just, it's just crazy that I thought that would have crashed, but it didn't. That was one thing I was dead wrong on. I'm like, these going to go away, but they're not beanie babies. That's for sure. I will say on my desk, this is actually like a minor step. I don't know. Loose. I have the two Spider-Man Funkos from no way home. Okay. On my desk. There you go. So that's, that was my two recent purchases. That was kind of like my Marvel leap. Yeah. My daughter thinks that the, the black suit Spider-Man is hers. For whatever reason, she runs off with it. <laughs> kind of goes back in the hole. She can reach it. I'm not. It's not that important to me, kind of deal. Yeah. But yeah, I have those on my desk, and they're kind of cool. So actually, they're really cool. So. Do yeah. you get any of your stuff autographed? Do you have any autograph figures or any cards or posters or anything like that? I have one autograph figure. I'm not the biggest autograph guy. I'm not knocking anyone who does. I think it's great, and I've I've definitely waited in lines before. I have the uh, Elite Flashback Ricky Steamboat autograph. Okay. I got that on the wall. That is my one autographed figure. I do have some eight by tens of wrestlers that I met. Yeah. Very like ring of honor shows. So like the, uh, the young bucks a couple times, Cody and Brandy a couple times, uh, Marty's girl back when that was a thing, which was stupid. I walked right by Hangman's booth where nobody was in line Aww. to go to Marty's girls. Yeah, man. So if we could all, if we could all go back in time and change our minds about that, but, and then a lot of the ones from the uh, pro wrestling crates, I have a lot of those eight by tens. Yeah. And the plan is to, I'm going to copy Barry Frost. I'm going to have a little wall of fame here in my office. There you go. And, and if I deem somebody worthy of the wall, they'll go up. So there you go. Yeah. With me, I have some autographed. Uh, I like, I, I, I've got a bunch of VHS tapes autographed. That's kind of become my thing, which I think is unique. Not a lot of people do uh, yeah. because Michael's sell shadow boxes that fit them perfectly. So I've got, Bret Hart, Ric Flair, Mick Foley, Jake the Snake, Dude Love, Lex Luger, Hacksaw, uh, Jimmy Hart. Um, I've got, I had the Dungeon of Doom side, my best of Halloween Havoc tape, which was just, just a funny story. Like, I think I've told this before, but uh, first we met Eric Bischoff, me and Eric at StarCast a few years ago. Eric Bischoff, super nice, by the way. However, a little drunk the whole weekend. Good for him. Whatever, you know. <laughs> we were in line to meet Dungeon of Doom. And all of a sudden, like Kevin Sullivan, like got in the phone. He's like, I, he's like, I didn't make a phone call. I'll be right back. He's gone for a good 35 minutes, comes back with a full beer. I guarantee he had several other beers because this was in a hotel. 
So like, there's just a hotel bar he went to and barbarian signs. My tape crushes it with the paint pen. So it, it drips, which I thought was hilarious. Beefcake is there. He's like, do you want his beefcake or Zodiac? I wanted a Zodiac man. <laughs> so he signs Zodiac. Right. I give it to Sullivan. Who's going to sign the taskmaster. First off, he goes to sign the back of the tape. I'm like, no, 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 the front. And then he goes to sign the front. He goes to pick up a black sharp. I'm like, no, no, use my marker. He looked at me like I told me he had three heads. So Barbarian goes to him and goes, he wants to use his pen, brah. So I gave him his pen and he signed it. And then I made, in Ringskirt's favorite picture of all time, me with Brutus Beefcake, a.k.a. the Zodiac, with his Sharpie-made mask. He's like, do you want to put the mask on? I'm like, you bet your ass put that mask on for this picture, buddy. So that's why I like autographs, too, is is the story. Sometimes you'll get a guy that's just like, won't even look at you. Like when I met Jesse Ventura, didn't even look at me. But he was talking about how he saw Muhammad Ali levitate to the guy next to him. So at least I get to overhear that conversation. So there's, there's always fun stories sometimes beating people. Probably my best autograph story was um, at a Columbus Clippers game. Here's the Triple A team here in yep. town. Bring your bell. Don't worry. Party. I hear all about it. Clum- bring your bell Clippers, wherever the song goes, right? Yeah. That's a really fun time. That's actually where I got my steamboat autograph. I heard that's like they- the best minor league stadium in like the country was voted. Like it's one of the best it- ones. Several years. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I feel like it's, as being a baseball fan, I know I'm getting off topic. It is a little gem sitting downtown. Yeah. And the fact that I can go to a triple A baseball game and that beautiful stadium for the triple A team for my favorite team is such a treat. Sure. And I definitely like, do not take that for granted. I go to as many games as I possibly can get to because it's just such a fun time. Mm-hmm. If you're in town next time, if you're in town, and we can make it happen. Game on me. I think that you would have a great time. All right. Uh, I, actually, I've watched all the Triple A, all the White Sox. They're there now. Yep. I watched them come through. I, was, I remember uh, Yoana Moncada, all them guys coming through. There Absolutely. you go, man. On you. So the eight bucks is on you. And the That's dollar beer me. night on you. I appreciate you. <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> but as far as like the best autograph story was probably Jerry Lawler. Okay. So I go down there, and of course, you know, it's the typical, like, what you see in line for a wrestling autograph, right? And they're all like taking pictures with, I don't even think he had a belt or whatever. He's doing the whole pose. He wasn't super into it. Yeah. So we sit and he's talking about his return because he came back to Columbus after his heart attack and that was a big topic, whatever. And I sat down, I'm like, King, I don't want to hear you talk about wrestling. Let's talk about the Browns. And his eyes lit up and he looked at me. He said, it's about time. And I can't remember what was going on with the Browns. I think we were going through the whole transition of 0-16 and the draft picks, Miles Garrett and all that stuff. But we had a nice little conversation, and he wrote like, "Eric, you rock! You're awesome!" on my page, and shook my hand. He's like, "Dude, thank you." I'm yeah. Like, yes, that's that was that was fun for me. I'll, I'll have a Laurel story. I'll share. I was with a you. little drunk too, by the way. Even so. that's even like liquid courage is always when you're in a good mood. Yeah. Uh, I'll have a better. I have another story I'll share with you off the air about when I met Jerry Luller and I talked to him about the Cleveland Indians, and he had a comment about that. We talked about because I mentioned about. I go, you know, Jerry. Like I go. I think I thought about you on the way here because um, the flight attendant was talking about the Indians and he kind of perked up. And I go, you know, they used to kick the White Sox ass in the early 90s and they kicked everyone's ass. And then we started talking. And I'll tell you the story where it went off the air because it's not appropriate for many reasons. But ah, screw it, I'll tell it. Um, so, so Jerry Lawler looks at me. Beautiful. And he goes, uh, so we're talking about the Cleveland Indians. And like a good four or five minutes talking about baseball and like, Asked like who his favorite player was in that team, and he was like, he's like, you know, he's like, I loved Kenny Lofton. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I know, I'm like, I still love Jim Tomey and blah blah blah. So anyway, he goes, I gotta tell you a story, and he's got a line behind him, you know, he's chatting up with me, and he goes, he's so my book came out, and he goes, and I went to a Walmart to sign it, and he goes, and I was in a kind of a chatty mood. He's like, so I'm talking to everyone, you know, 
And all of a sudden someone taps me on the shoulder. They go, excuse me, King. I'm sure they called him King and not Jerry or, Hey, you fake wrestler. We got to get moving. He goes, uh, well, you got to leave in five minutes and look at your line. He goes, I looked, he goes, my line was like all the way around the stomach. Oh God. So, so I just started signing, not even looking up and just signing the book, signing the books. And he goes, and I heard someone say something about the Indians. And he goes, I didn't even look up. I wrote, go tribe. And also my line stopped. And I go, what, what happened? And he goes, I looked up and he goes, they were the Indians. And he pointed to like his forehead. He goes, they're Indians with a dot in their forehead, not the feather. I'm like, oh my oh, God. No. He goes, he's like, they were wondering why I put go tribe in their book. He'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Here's another book for you. So a little bit racist story by the king, but at least he made it up to the people by giving him a new book. I, 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 I saw it going that direction, unfortunately. Yes. But yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to have the conversation of the team named James Jerry Lawler. As much as I'm a fan of his work and everything, I don't think I'd want to have. Yeah, but either way, it, it was cool. <laughs> he, he was he was in a good mood when I met him. I'll, I'll just say that I met him. I had him sign my uh, Lawler Andy Kaufman two pack, which I want to talk to him about Andy Kaufman. But we ended up talking baseball, which, which is cool. Any other collecting stuff that we didn't touch on that you're into? You know, I touched on the cars, I touched on the shoes, I touched on the wrestling figures. Uh, I don't think not. I, I, the thing is, Steve, I have to restrict myself. You I can, really do. Yeah, but we, we, we window shop, right? We browse. It's okay to browse. Get those Marvel nice Legends. Just get them. <laughs> I like, I guess if you like VH, I like hardcover books. Yeah, for sure. I, a lot of them, from when I was a kid, I've never gotten rid of a book. Every book I've gotten when I was a kid, I still have. That's really cool. So. Like Bo Jackson's autobiography that he wrote in 1990 before he got hurt, uh, I have. If I'm you want him to autograph it, he lives. Super... He lives. He lives down the road from me. If you want him to autograph it. Oh wow, <laughs> that, that, that's uh, of everything I have in my house. Not to get too sentimental, but that was something I got. Like my mom wrote a nice message, and mm-hmm. she's not with me anymore. The fact that I have that, it's always going to be displayed. And I was such a big like Bo Jackson fan. I must have read that book, no lie, 200 times. That's awesome. Kid. I was so, when the White Sox signed him, even though he was coming off the injury, I remember being like the most hyped seven or eight year old kid in the world. My dad kind of like called me down. He's like, look, he's hurt. He's not going to come back, blah, blah, blah. And then one, and I think it was 91 or 92. We went, it must be 91. Um, Cause he got hurt. Cause he signed with the Sox, got hurt, then came back in 93. But we went to a game, a White Sox game where my dad's company got tickets to the game and um, it was like his company like picnic or whatever. So we went to the game and I was super disappointed because Bo Jackson wasn't playing that night. And all of a sudden, bottom of the ninth inning, Sox were down by uh, uh, two runs, two outs, runner on first, and all of a sudden announced pinch hitting for Ron Karkovice, who was the Sox catcher at the time, Bo Jackson. I lost my mind. He hit a home run to tie the game. Like it's like still, and like I looked it up on baseball reference to find the, to make sure I didn't make it up in my head and sure enough, that's exactly how it happened. But it's just the Bo Jackson level over here also is pretty high. So I got the PSA 10 White Sox card, but yeah, that's, that's awesome. You still have that, that, uh, that book. That's awesome. I, I still remember my dad telling me, why would you want an autobiography of a guy that young? You don't know what's going to happen yet. I'm like, He's <laughs> you know, and of course, like yeah, Bo knows. my dad turns out to be a prophet, but I was, I was, you know, yeah, I think like back when, well, you you know you were there, eighty eight, eighty nine, ninety. We didn't have the internet. Yeah, like my internet, my if I wanted to consume something, I either had to watch it on TV or read it. That yes. was pretty much it. So I read. I was a big time reader when I was a kid. So mm-hmm. that's I had a you know very creative imagination. A Willie Mays book called Say Hey, I got for a dollar store. I don't know if it's worth anything, 
I it's another one that I will have with me all the time because I just have a lot of respect for Willie Mays, and I feel like he gave so many tips about playing baseball that I incorporated in my game growing up. And yeah, it's it's a very special book to me personally. That's awesome. Yeah, books are books are great. They're just they are big space takers. Unless you've got like a, yes. a bookshelf. I've got a bookshelf in my basement with a bunch of books now, and I'm all, I'm out of room. I just got a few more, and I'm out of room. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm maybe a thing like where you talk about maybe how you feel about streaming, but the uh, mm-hmm. like the Amazon, the the the, the, the Kindles the yeah. and things like that, the digital reading. Like I was like, ah, you know, like, it's only just, convenient like, if you're it's... traveling on a plane type of thing. I felt like that's when it's most like same yeah. thing with like, movies. It's easier to just have it on your iPad. Like it's easy. I get it. But I try to always have a book going at all times, even mm-hmm. today. So that's just right now. I'm reading the uh, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but LeBron's Return to Cleveland and all the chaos. That okay. With that. I might not read every night. I might be like maybe just once or twice a week for like an hour total. But yeah, it's are I you, try to always have a book going. Are you like me, where you have multiple books going at once? No, no, oh. I'm not that smart. You're a lot smarter than I am. I like, no, I'm an idiot. I do it. I I'm an I'm currently reading. So I just finished Hornswoggle's book, which was interesting. I'll give him that. That's what I'll say about that. But so I got Moxley's book I'm reading now. I'm reading um, the Bill Simmons book of basketball. Oh, <laughs> and I'm re- like a legendary book. And I'm re- when I got the update. I got the updated one with all the new cliff notes. And then I'm reading uh, uh, Barack Obama's last biography. Nothing political. It's just I like reading president's biographies because I mm-hmm. think it, regardless of parties, I think it's kind of cool. Like, what they went it's just interesting like that point of view of what they're doing in their office so i'm reading those three books at the same time i've got four other ones i want to start so i just have to finish one but the problem is like i'm like i've got books scattered throughout the house it's like there's the bathroom book here's the basement book here's the kitchen book so that's that's my problem (laughs) i think with books and i'm maybe i'm waxing poetic here more so than anything else like you can watch tv right or you can play a video game but you really have to use your imagination to put yourself into escape to like what you're reading and put yourself mentally there. Yeah. And uh, that's, I think, I think it like exercises the brain muscles more than almost anything else because you are using your imagination to visualize what you're reading. And that's why I sometimes like audiobooks if the author reads it, particularly they're like the autobiographies, like Kevin Smith's got a couple books where he reads it and that's kind of cool. Um, but f- for like wrestling specific biographies, I've read a bunch of them and some of them are great. Like Bret Hart's, I think everyone's is, thinks is like the gold standard for wrestling books because it's so detailed because he kept notes his whole career. But I mentioned uh, that Hornswoggle book. It was okay, but I feel like he could have used a more professional writer with him on it. Like mm-hmm. you, when, as you're reading something, because you have to use your imagination, you can tell when there's a good writer writing it type of thing. So books are fun and pick and definitely addicting as well, I'd say, no Absolutely. matter what you're into. Anything else we could talk about that you want to to dive into? I, I, video games? You get into that yet? You get into the grading of video games? That new crazy thing no, that went on? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not the biggest video gamer. I just, I literally, I buy Madden. That's there you it. go. There you I go. only play Madden. That's, I will dabble with Spider-Man, but again, that's another subculture that fascinates me. It takes me back to the time. I remember hunting down particularly Super Nintendo games. That was back when I had, I'm a country kid. So I had my hay money where I'd throw hay in the summer, and that was pretty much my spending money for yeah. a long time. So a lot of times I went to a video game with a pair of shoes. 
There you go. There you go. Yeah, the video game thing for me, I have games apparently now that are worth a ton of money that I'm going to, I have Smackdown, Here Comes the Pain on PlayStation 2 is worth like a hundred bucks now apparently. I'm like, what is, what is happening? It's like, everything's nuts. You've done a lot better job of saving things than I have. Yes, I have. However, I did have for the longest time the yellow Hasbro King of the Ring ring as a kid. Great condition because I took care of it. I donated it. Like... Wow. 10 years ago because yeah, i'm an how you idiot go, you know i guess but i kept other stuff like <laughs> my i'm sure my logic was this you can't throw in a bag this is bulky whatever and now some kids got it and i've hunted one that's so bad but i'm not going to drop a thousand dollars on a piece of plastic that's literally what it is i can't do it so if anyone has one for me you let me know <laughs> hope mattel comes out with a retro one i think they will i think you're right all right guys Eric, thanks for coming on. This is a lot of fun, and we'll have to do a part two. And I think we should do a uh, a series of talking to collectors and stuff, because I know you and Barry. I mentioned you talk. You sometimes your merch cut topic stuff, your your shop releases, and your reviews of that is always fun to listen to. Um, you can follow the Eric and Barry on Twitter at Doing the Favor. All show information comes out on your favorite podcast app. Search Doing the Favor. We've got shows out a couple times a week. And you can also follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast and find all of our past shows and future shows on your favorite podcast app. Search Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. We'll be back with a regular show hopefully next week. Like I said, Eric Sanchez is normally with us as the co-host of the regular show. We do a lot of nostalgic wrestling talk. And the main point of our main show, is, which we talked a lot about on here, is putting you back in the place you were when something happens, whether it's reviewing an old show or talking about wrestling CDs you bought or whatever it is, we're here for your positive, nostalgic wrestling talk. Anything else you want to plug, Eric? You got t-shirts or anything else? I know you got a lot of we t-shirts, are, but you got t-shirt stores. I, like you spoke, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yep, like we spoke of earlier, the best wrestling t-shirt store on the internet, whatamaneuver.net. 100%. Right? They have all our shirts. Just go to the, the, scroll to doing the favorite podcast. We're mm-hmm. all there. We still have the website. We haven't been as active. That's probably going to change soon. But look out for our shows. We're doing more watch-alongs lately. Our most recent one is Royal Rumble 2001. I just saw and that. That's where I feel like my co-host Barry Frost, as goofy as he can be, is a walking wrestling encyclopedia. Yes, I really feel like that's where he shines is yes. during those watch-alongs. Uh, yeah, some of the stuff he drops. I'm like, I know a lot of random wrestling crap. But I'm like, what? The? <laughs> like, I sometimes have I to know. think about it. It's like he doesn't have to think about it, which is what's annoying to me. I know. <laughs> Although every show, you got to bring him to like a trivia thing, a trivia thing. I, uh, where were we? At Starcast a few years back, me and Eric were walking around, and the guys at the C2E2 thing. Like the first question was, it was a bunch of questions. I was kind of like nailing it. It was like a little group, like an informal trivia. They were giving me prizes at their table. And their last question was like, what was the, what was the result of the first match of the first WrestleMania? And they were going to give choices. I, I knew the answer. It was Tito Santana beat the executioner. And they're like, you're right. How'd you know that? I'm like, cause I'm a weirdo. That's how I knew. I'm at a wrestling convention. Of course I knew that. And he tried to give me like a little pin and Eric's like, no, 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 you got to give him a better price than that. He knew it off the bat. So they gave me like free tickets to the next convention, but he bullied them into giving me a better prize. I always appreciate him for that. So bring Eric, bring Barry to a trivia. It'd be like, uh. Alan in the hangover. He can rob a casino or something like that. Oh, I'm sure he'd kill. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome, man. Well, Eric, thanks for coming on. It was awesome to talk to you. Awesome to chat. Next time in Columbus, we will figure out schedules at some point. Whenever I'm back there, we're thinking about coming over 
Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. We'll see because our Christmas got delayed with my wife's family who's from Columbus, uh, Worthington, Dublin area. So same area as you. Columbus is one giant town with a bunch of small towns around it. Right. <laughs> at least what it seems. And, and thanks for having me on. I had a great time chatting with you about different things. And I was going to be in here watching basketball anyway. So to BS with you and have it recorded was a great time. So thanks for having me on, man. Well, I mean, I know everyone's all hyped about the Cavs, but the Bulls are the team in the East, man. Los, they are. The Bulls, I, I, I don't know what happened to DeRozan. Someone pissed him off. He's gone off, man. That's Good a stuff. fun team to watch. Good stuff. Eric, we'll talk to you soon. And everyone else, thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.